from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Our friend Gamble, who's a very talented musician, mm-hmm. uh, was teaching us when we did the um, Pirates of Penzance show. Gamble's musical directed that. Right. And they were telling us... Uh, all these like cool rules about music. And I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was where like you kind of pose a question and you have to get an answer, Mm -hmm. which is why things like shave and a haircut, you you can't not finish it. And then your Roger Rabbit Roger Rabbit bursting through the wall. Two bits. There you go. And (laughs) there's like really a thing in music where it's like if you end on a certain note, it doesn't feel like the end. You need a punctuation mode on it. Yeah. I do hate that. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, everyone. Hello. Oh. How are you doing, everybody? <laughs> I've <that>? got laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> Very sexy. Now I'm recovering from a cold. 
And so, yeah, I'm about four octaves down right now. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, there is something good. about the sick voice. I get, you know, sometimes you get like a Kathleen Turner, like yeah. a really smoky, hot <laughs> kind of tone. And you're like, hmm, I wish I felt better. <laughs> There's a whole uh, Friends episode about that, I think. Oh, sure. Uh, where Phoebe gets sick and like, yeah, she feels like she's got, it's the sexiest her voice has ever sounded. <laughs> she tries to stay sick, I imagine. Right. But then she keeps like hacking, coughing in the middle of her songs too. So it's like, <laughs> does not get sexy. That's how I feel right now. Oh. Like, I've got this deep voice and like, you have no idea what's going on in the back of my nose. I'm not even going to share it with you. Right. <laughs> It's all, it's all the mucus that's the No, off. I wasn't going to say that word because it's so disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, we're, we're going to get through it. I'm going to, here, here's what I'll do. Here's an experiment. Right now, as I'm saying this, I'm going to elevate the pitch of my voice in post to try and make it sound like my real, nope, that's too high, too high. Okay. I'm going to bring it back down. <laughs> and never mind. I think we'll just go back to no filters. I uh, just yeah. added myself 20 minutes of work for that bit. <laughs> But it's going to be hilarious. Shaking my head over it. <laughs> Could be so funny. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, so I won't waste a lot of time because I'd want to make sure my voice gets through the end of this episode. Yeah, and right? this one's very exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Many a twist and turn. Yeah, because Ramon and Lulu Sosa were a totally happily married couple once. They found true love in each other and they felt like their lives were a paradise. In fact, a totally useless couple for this show. By all standards, <laughs> an average day, why would we ever cover them? Well, after financial troubles hit them, their relationship started to fall apart. And scared of the financial troubles Lulu would face if they divorced, she came up with a rock-solid plan. She would simply hire a hitman to have her husband killed. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it wasn't so easy. And this story is full of twists. So I say we just get right into it and hear the story of Ramon and Lulu. I'm ready. Let's go. Hey there, friends. Come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Ramon Sosa was a former professional fighter and one of the most respected boxing trainers in Texas. Now, Ramon had moved here from Puerto Rico when he was young, and he started boxing when he was just 17 years old. But in an interview with ESPN, he said that after the industry sort of made him feel like a, quote, piece of meat, you know, like he was getting traded around. Everybody was just trying to make money off of him. Mm -hmm. He was getting regularly tenderized. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in and out of the ring. <laughs> uh, he decided to start working as a boxing trainer instead. And young hopefuls, prize fighters, even Olympic boxers would come to Houston to be trained by Ramon. A story on the CBS News show 48 Hours said that Ramon married young, he had three children, and even though that marriage didn't work out, his daughter Mia and her two brothers loved having a local celebrity for a dad. They called him a jokester, and Mia said, quote, every time we were around, it was tons of laughs and smiles. Everyone knew Maria Durantes as Lulu. She was a beautiful woman who moved to Texas from Mexico in the early 2000s on a visitor's visa, and she had her son and daughter with her. She worked as a housekeeper and a masseuse, and she spent her nights dancing at a local Latin club. Oh, cool. 
she's a party girl, I guess, a little bit. What else are you doing in Texas? I don't know. You gotta dance, I assume. Eating nachos, I hope. Uh, Seriously. (laughs) Now, one night in 2007, the club was playing salsa music. So Lulu had put on her best dress. She'd come out to dance her cares away. And all eyes were on her as she tore up the dance floor. And after presumably having like a full-on flash dance, pull the rope, bucket of water. (laughs) Everything, right? What was Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights? (laughs) After having a full-on Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights experience. (laughs) Although she's from Mexico, not from Cuba. True. So, okay. Dirty Dancing 3? Mexico City party, I think is what that one's called. I don't know. They should make it. Call me. <laughs> Call me and we'll work on the title. <laughs> well, anyway, after doing her uh, movie biopic <laughs> on the dance floor in six inch heels, by the way, Oof. which I can't do. I think I don't think I can sit down in six inch heels. <laughs> <laughs> she stepped away to go get a drink and she accidentally stepped heel first onto someone's foot. Nightmare scenario. The man, of course, yelps in pain. But he looked up and saw this gorgeous woman and all the pain in his foot mysteriously went away. (laughs) And the man was Ramon Sosa. Lulu apologized. I'm so sorry. What can I do? What can I do? And Ramon took a second and he's like breathing through the pain. (laughs) But he looks up at her. He says, hey, you know what? How about a dance? That'll make my foot feel better. Somehow. <laughs> but, but it doesn't. The rest was history. They were on the dance floor the whole rest of the night. Their first song was Brujaria by El Gran Combo de Puerto Rico. And that became their song. Aww. Friends said that they were the perfect pair. They complimented each other. They flattered each other. And they built a huge network in their community. Their friend Beth Blair said on 48 Hours that they were, quote, two fun, outgoing people who loved to party, loved to get together with friends and have barbecues. And the more people, the merrier. And Lulu doted on Ramon. She treated him like a king. She brought him coffee in the morning, made him breakfast. He never had an empty drink glass in the evening. She's just totally into him. She's like, I want to anticipate all your needs. Uh Uh-huh. So within a year, Ramon popped the big question. Lulu started crying. She could not wait to get married. It was just all hearts and stars and flowers. And on March 15th, 2009, their families merged and she became Lulu Sosa. A real Brady Bunch kind of story. Oh, yeah. Your kids, my kids. Two of us. It's going to be a beautiful story (laughs) and a beautiful life together. Now, the next year after they got married, they opened a second gym together where Lulu ran the business side of things. And she also became a personal trainer herself. And within a few months, they had pulled in almost 200 clients. They were making around $20,000 a month. Wow. So doing really well, they bought a brand new house, cars, motorcycles, you know, just living a life of luxury. Now, Lulu loved to shop. She would go buy new dresses and jewelry. Meanwhile, Ramon started a nonprofit called Young Prospects that helped kids from gangs and troubled backgrounds get into boxing. So we have sort of a more selfless uh, approach to the money spending, I guess, on <laughs> Ramon's side. Yes. But whatever, you know, opposites attract. Everything's great. Life is good. Now, Ramon sponsored Lulu and her mother and her two teenage children to get U.S. citizenship. And this process took about three years. But by this point in their marriage, things started to get rocky. 
They were fighting more frequently, friends and family started to see them drift apart, and soon after, their business started to suffer too. By the time six years had gone by in their marriage, there was really little love left between them. Money at the gym was drying up, and Lulu started confiding in friends that Ramon had been abusive. She even claimed that he once raped her. In March of 2015, Lulu hired a divorce lawyer, and she brought him pictures of scratches on her arms, legs, and shoulders, as well as a picture of where Ramon had punched a crack in their bedroom door. Now, with the evidence in someone else's hands, she felt safe serving Ramon divorce papers. Mm. But things were not easy financially for either of them. Remember, the money was drying up. So for the time being, Lulu and Ramon had to continue living in the same house. Awkward. Mm. And they slept on different floors. They didn't interact much, obviously. Um, Lulu continued to manage the second gym, while Ramon mostly stayed at the first gym. He was training athletes and working with the Young Prospects Foundation. And one of the kids in the foundation was named Mundo, or at least that's the name that he gave in interviews after all this stuff went down. This kid had a rough background. ESPN said he joined a Houston gang when he was just 12 years old. Um, He had already been shot twice in three different incidents before he ended up in jail. So he just had a like a messy situation, yeah. a really tough situation. And when he got out of jail, he and his then girlfriend decided to move to a whole other part of the city and try to like turn their lives around, get shit on track. Yeah. She had a lot to do with that apparently. Mm. You know, she was like you got to choose me or your your life in the streets. Oh, basically, well, yeah. Good for him, yeah. you know, for making yeah. that choice. Mundo met Ramon after joining his gym and the boxing trainer took him under his wing. Mundo wanted to stop street fighting and learn how to be a real boxer. Uh, Ramon had this like special, specialized Puerto Rican style of boxing that everybody really liked. Um, And he saw him fighting and he was like, that just looks professional. It looks real. I want to do that. So over the years, he'd gotten to know Ramon and Lulu both pretty well. And one night, he overheard Lulu talking to her teenage daughter. They were discussing a patron of the gym who had connections to a hitman an uncle of his that apparently could make bodies disappear. Now, Mundo almost ignored it, but then he heard them say the name Ramon. And Mundo said nothing at this point, but the next day, he decided to confront Lulu and ask her about it. This is when Lulu confided in Mundo that Ramon had been abusive to her and that she wished he would, quote, disappear. Hmm. And Mundo had always tried to stay out of their fights in recent years, mm-hmm. but he frequently got dragged between them. But this new information was a lot to process. He, like, went back to his punching bag. He hit it a few times. He knew what she meant by disappear. And after a few minutes, he went back to her and he said, quote, I might know somebody. Ooh. He told her he had two guys, Paco and John Boy. Now, Paco was the man, okay? He was so revered in Mundo's gang that they had painted a mural of his face two stories high Damn. in the neighborhood. That is intense. We don't have any of those. We got we got for a two-story sure. tall mural of John Lewis. Yeah, who, what did he ever do for anybody? <laughs> no, John Lewis is super cool. I'm just saying none of our murals are of notorious gangsters, I, know, I hope. True, I don't true. think. Was there ever a two-foot-tall mural of, like, Pablo Escobar? A two-foot-tall mural, maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two foot. 
Well, Lulu was interested in this Paco guy. Sounds pretty good. And so they met a few weeks later, and Mundo texted Paco in front of Lulu, saying, quote, Paco, I'm here with the Patrona. Y'all guys take a truck and 1G after job done? 07, white, single cab, 20-inch rims? See si or no? And Paco texted back, quote, I talked with John Boy, and it's all good, homie. Just need the tools. Damn, a thousand bucks and a truck. That's it? Yeah, to she kill would, a guy. She would give him Ramon's truck and a thousand dollars. Amazing. Now, yeah. how this makes me think about when, um, whenever there's an outlaw in a movie and they get their wanted poster and it's really low and they're right. like hella offended. Like, right. I'm like, I feel like Ramon would be like, Excuse <laughs> well, me, a thousand dollars. That's it. But you got to think that money's tight. So maybe it's, I mean, you, it's not so. so much you paid a thousand dollars to have me killed, but you paid. You know, what percentage of your current mm, money did you saying. give? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a lot. Maybe it was a lot. That's why you should only kill for rich clients. Right. And I mean, ask like, for a percentage of their <laughs> total income. If Warren Buffett paid $1,000 to have me killed, I'd be really offended. <laughs> if you did, I'd be like, that's understandable. I mean, it would have been irresponsible for you to offer more. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad to know that I can lowball it if I ever yeah. need this. So it would be a thousand bucks after the job was done. But for now, Lulu gave Mundo a hundred dollars for Paco to go buy a stolen gun. Now, almost three weeks passed and Lulu and Mundo spoke every few days about this. And soon she told him that Ramon was about to sign divorce papers and she was getting worried because if the divorce went through, she would get nothing. If he died before the divorce, she said, quote, I'll have insurance for life, a pension for life. This is my retirement, Mundo. His life is my retirement. Now, they agreed that it had to happen before this court date. And Mundo even offered her a few opportunities to change her mind, saying he would work it all out with Paco, but she insisted. He texted her once in Spanish, quote, just remember, once he's dead, there's no coming back from that. And she responded, quote, clear as water. Wow. Okay. Now, according to ESPN, on July 22nd, Paco's truck pulled up to meet Lulu in a designated parking lot. She hopped in, and Paco said, quote, We got him in the morning. Lulu didn't react except to say, quote, I've got $1,000. Paco held out a phone and showed her a picture. There he was, Ramon, lying in a ditch, wearing only his underwear, his hands tied behind his back, with a bullet hole in the side of his head and blood coming out of his nose. Paco tells her he fought for his life. After a pause, Lulu said, quote, he won't get up anymore, and started laughing. Paco took the $1,000 and left. And Lulu went home, finally free of Ramon, with her future set and secure. Earlier that day, somewhere out in the Texas desert, Ramon's body lay in a recently dug ditch. Paco kicked some dirt onto Ramon's face, then held up his phone and snapped a few pictures. Then a few seconds later, Ramon opened his eyes. Did we get it? He asks. Paco nodded and told him he thought the picture looked pretty good. Ramon stood up as one of the nearby police officers cut his ties and wiped the blood from his head. What? Paco wasn't Paco at all. He was an officer from the Montgomery County Precinct 3 Constable's Office, and together they had just faked Ramon's death. What? 
And we're going to fill in all the details on that and find out what happened next right after this commercial break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Now, so Ramon is alive and well. Lulu thinks he's as dead as advertising on Twitter. <laughs> topical. <laughs> what topical humor? How topical. So how did this happen? All right. right. Well, it all starts with our friend Mundo. Mundo showed up in 2005 at Ramon's gym. And like we said, he had come from this really rough background. The ESPN article, which is called Dead Man Walking by Tisha Thompson and Kevin Shaw, says that Ramon taking him in was, quote, the first time any male figure took an interest in his life. Okay. So, I mean, this guy was really important to him. Their relationship helped give Ramon the idea to start the Young Prospects nonprofit, and the two of them became like a surrogate father and son to each other. And Mundo did admire Lulu, too. He said... 
that while Ramon was like a father to him, Lulu was like a good friend. And he said she came into the gym and started calling the shots, quote, put in a lot of work and basically took care of the business. So he did avoid those fights as their relationship soured, although he said he never saw them get physical with each other. And we will get more into that later. But at a certain point, Lulu would keep pulling Mundo aside and complaining to him about Ramon all the time. And when the ESPN interviewer asked if she was trying to get him involved in their disputes, Mundo replied, quote, tried. Tried is a good word, more like dragged into it. So he felt like she was just like really trying to rope him in and get Mundo in between their fights. And it wasn't just Mundo who felt the repercussions of their relationship souring. Ramon's own three children, they were pushed out of the family really early, actually. His daughter Mia said, quote, she didn't want anything to do with us. We were just nothing to her. It wasn't like she was trying to be a stepmom. She knew we weren't really going to be in her picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no good feelings between... Ramon's own children and Lulu. Yeah, not much of a Brady Bunch situation. No, not at all. So their friend Beth Blair told CBS that Lulu didn't like it when Ramon spent money on his own kids. Mm. She preferred the money for herself, her two kids, and her mother. So Mia and her brothers felt like Lulu was deliberately driving a wedge between them and their father, who they saw less and less of. Says, ugh. Really wicked stepmother kind of vibes yeah. from the kids here. Ultimately, none of the three of them even went to Ramon and Lulu's wedding, with Mia calling that day, quote, heartbreaking. With his kids out of the way and her own in the picture, Lulu and Ramon started working on getting everyone's citizenship. And Ramon says after that went through in 2013, that's when things started to go downhill between them. Mm-hmm. Over the next two years, finances started to dwindle, and Ramon couldn't really figure out why. The gym was actually doing really well. New clients were coming in. He saw people working out, new faces all the time. But he says, quote, but when I see the bottom line here, it's not adding up. I was wondering that because they were saying they're getting like clients yeah. 20000 a month. That doesn't just go away out of nowhere. Now, Ramon started to worry that Lulu must be skimming money. Mm. But then the divorce papers came in. And Ramon said, quote, she wanted everything. She just wanted for me to leave and she keeps everything. Hmm. He claimed to offer her an even split divorce, but she wouldn't accept that. And then she started to play dirty because according to Ramon, she contacted sponsors of his nonprofit and accused him of embezzling. And ultimately, those sponsors had to pull out and the Young Prospects group closed. (gasps) Investigators later said, there was no evidence of any wrongdoings in the nonprofit. That is sad. Yeah. All those kids right. that he was trying to help. Right. This is this is very suspicious. And again, we'll get more into this, but um, but it it does feel kind of weird at this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it sounds like everybody's having kind of a tough time with Lulu mm-hmm. behind the scenes here. So when Mundo overheard her talking about the client with ties to a hitman, he immediately knew what she was trying to do. Right. Mundo's violent background came flashing back to him, and he had a tough choice to make. He knew what someone looked like when they wanted someone else dead, and he saw that look in Lulu's eyes. Mm. He knew that if he did not get between them to protect his friend, she would find a way to kill Ramon. So he approached her, he made sure he knew what she meant, and when he was certain, he invented the story about Paco. So Lulu took the bait, 
She agreed to hire Paco, just like we said in the first part. Mm-hmm. But instead of going to some old hitman that Mundo claims to know, he went straight to Ramon. And he told him, quote, Hey, this lady wants to kill you. Dang. At first, Ramon couldn't believe it, but Mundo was dead serious. It was not like him to make something like this up for a joke or anything like that. But Mundo had already come up with a plan. He told Ramon that Ramon would play the hitman. They would get a burner phone and Mundo would go back to Lulu. And in front of her, he would text with this Paco that would actually be Ramon with this burner phone. They agreed on this whole plan and a way for the conversation to play out. And they did exactly that. ESPN reports that Paco wasn't even just some random name either. Mundo had seen the 1993 film Blood In, Blood Out, where Benjamin Bratt plays a character named Paco. And this guy was a man so revered in his gang that they painted his mural on the two-story building. And at the end of the movie, Paco turned out to be an undercover cop. So it was cryptic, almost like a warning to Lulu. Uh, but Mundo says it just felt right to use that name. I guess she had not seen the film. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Mundo started secretly recording all his conversations with Lulu. And Lulu went through Ramon's watch collection and pulled several out to use as a down payment for Paco. Oh, my God. She used Ramon's watches. His to own buy watches. the gun for his own murder. Oh, my God. That's You know what? And that's the thing, too. If you're going to drop a thousand bucks to have me killed, at least have the respect to make it your own money. <laughs> Sell your not. own stuff. <laughs> I will not. Sell my stuff to have me killed. Listen, if you had some stuff that was worth a thousand dollars, we would have sold it long ago. <laughs> <laughs> will you kill my husband for this eight-year-old PlayStation 4? <laughs> it's got three versions of Skyrim on it. It's my retirement plan. (laughs) I'm going to sit here and play it until I waste away. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she gets these watches. She gives them to Paco, who's fortunately Ramon, so he just gets his watches back. She also gave him the $100 for Paco to buy a gun. Now, this was a cash transaction. So Ramon and Mundo decided it's time to involve the police. Right. Because there's no paper trail to follow. Once cash exchanges hands, you know, and they've got all these conversations. You're done with. Yeah. You're done for, yeah. Lulu. Now, going to the police was actually a really big deal for Mundo. Because as a former gang member, he was sworn to never go to police about anything yeah. ever. Yeah. He said, quote, Even if I try to make people understand that it's to save my friend's life, it's still seen as snitching. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you talk to the cops at all, you might say something that implicates me or someone I care about. Well, it doesn't even matter about that. It's just, like, the cops are a rival gang. You can't go to them for help. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not cool to ever talk to them about any crime. Because if you're helping the cops, you're helping, you know, our enemy, basically. Okay, I mean yeah. that's a good point, I guess. If you yeah. see it, if you see it that way, yeah. right? I think that's how that's how he felt his people were going to see it. They'd be like, if you're in the gang, we handle it. You come to me, I handle it. Yeah, even if that, even it, it really, I think at the end of the day, it's just a blanket statement of just like, I don't care what the situation is. You never, you ever, talk ever talk to cops. Well, they really meant that shit. Yeah. So Mundo told police that he was breaking a major code and that he faced real consequences. Yeah. He's like, you know. Protect me, please, as a witness. Now, they spoke with Lieutenant Mike Atkins, who initially had a hard time believing everything they were telling him. This story sounds crazy, obviously. Mm -hmm. But 
Moondaw was right. I mean, with his background, this was a really big deal for him to be in a police station like this. So Lieutenant Atkins decided this was probably pretty serious. Hmm. They went over all of Mundo and Lulu's conversations and text chats. They made sure that she really wants him dead, that she was willing to pay for it. Mm. Technically, they had what they needed to arrest Lulu right then and there. But Atkins thought that if this beautiful woman walked into that courtroom with no police record, abuse allegations, and a halfway decent lawyer, she could probably walk. I mean, at this point, she just paid 100 bucks for a gun. Right. And, stole, and and made a few comments. So, you know, he's feeling like this isn't really enough to put her away. And this brings me to a thought because mm-hmm. I was like, well, y'all had an opportunity here to stop this crime from happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And or, or progressing any further. Stop anybody from getting hurt or doing anything any more illegal than they'd already done. Right. And I see the police here choosing to instead of stopping it where it is getting a woman in trouble for as much as she had done already and nothing more, they say, well, let's try and get her in more trouble. Mm. Let's try and escalate this to the point where we can really get her some jail time. And I don't see the point in that. Yeah, I see what you're saying, because it's like, why do you want, I mean, prevent the crime? Crime prevention, isn't that the goal? Right. I, d- I guess in a way it's got sort of a twisted logic because he's like, if she gets out, she gets another chance to hire a different, like an actual hitman Maybe. and actually kill this man. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we have enough to prevent her from right. succeeding in that goal. But and if- I see, I do see what you mean because sometimes that leads to like years of like monitoring crazy crimes going on. Right. And they're like, it's to get us to bigger, you know, a bigger collar or whatever. But you feel like you just get them while you can and if, stop the look, crime. If she was Pablo Escobar. Right. Right. Or even if she had talked to an actual hitman and they were like, oh, we could follow this guy, the chain up yeah. here. Then, you know, you'd have something to like, well, let me lead further into this. Let's see where this goes. But I'm like, probably this woman, again, no police record at all. She'd never done anything wrong. Probably she gets caught in the middle of something like this before it goes too far. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe how stupid I was. I'm never going to do, I'm moving. I'm never going to do anything like that again. I just need to get out of this guy's life. Mm -hmm. That's what I would anticipate. And I think she deserves that chance at this point. Right on. You know, I think she deserves the opportunity to be told, hey, we know you're doing illegal things. And you're going to get in trouble for what you've done so far, even if it's not much trouble. Mm. She deserves that chance to to not do something more illegal. It's weird. Especially with, again, like, it's not like there's a crime boss she's working for that they could track down if they let her Mm -hmm. do what she needs to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I guess that's a good point. Like, does she actually have the capacity or the way, uh, like, the community to hire a hitman or whatever? I mean, I guess she knows this guy at the gym, but that seems a little... Right. Mundo Mundo was worried that she would do it if she didn't have his interference. So, uh, you know, I don't know, the neighborhood they lived in, the people that went to the gym, she might have had the opportunity. But again, you you scare somebody and they get caught in the middle of it obviously at that point if she did it she would definitely get caught yeah you know having attempted it once already so i I think it would have gone away i think none of none of the rest of this would have happened i could see it yeah i could see it i'm not a law enforcer (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know so ultimately lieutenant atkins determined that quote ramon's life was seriously in danger but he had some even scarier news for ramon 
he would have to keep living with his would-be assassin, <laughs> Lulu, um, because they needed more evidence. And Ramon did not like that, of course. He was worried that Lulu might snap one night and just kill him herself. Mundo didn't like it. He was terrified that someone might find out or that Lulu would lose her patience and both of them could end up dead. But he knew that this was the best plan for him to save his friend. So he kept talking to Lulu. Lulu kept implicating herself further. Mundo even tried to get her to back down a few times. In one recording, he said, quote, If you change your mind, you change your mind. Nothing happens. Nobody's forcing you to do it. But Lulu responds, quote, It's a decision I already made. If I say it, I do it. And then came the order. She wanted him dead before July 22nd, when Ramon might have signed divorce papers. So the police decided it was time to take things to the next level and fake Ramon's death. And we'll get into how they did that right after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. 
I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Mundo arranged a meeting between Lulu and Paco. And Paco, of course, would be an undercover police officer. As she and Mundo met Paco in an empty parking lot and climbed into his truck, Lulu vented about Ramon and him screwing up her life. The undercover Paco asked, quote, This guy, do you want him to be pretty beaten up, fucked over? Do you want us to beat him up or what? And Lulu replied, quote, No, no beating. I want him dead. And Lieutenant Atkins was in an unmarked vehicle nearby, listening over the wire that Mundo was wearing. And he told ESPN, quote, I was struck by the lack of emotion. When you deal with someone who has no emotion, shows no empathy, no sympathy, those are truly, truly dangerous individuals. And when they got out of the truck, Lulu and Mundo shook hands. But he felt really weird touching the woman that he had just betrayed. Right. Um, again, he knew her pretty well, too. It's and he had He was close with her. So yeah. I'm sure this was very complicated. Right. And it felt really weird. Right. And then she pulled him in for a hug, mm. which he described saying, quote, I think I held on for like two more seconds because I knew what time it was. So right. he was kind of like didn't want to hug her because he felt really icky about yeah. what he had done. But he also was like... I mean, you made your choices. I tried to talk you out of it. So let me just hold you a little second before you get in trouble for a really, a lot of, get into a lot of trouble. (laughs) I think what's interesting here too is that Mundo's really saving her life because he stopped her from actually killing someone. Mm -hmm. And that would have likely ended much differently. That's a good point. That's a good point. He's really being a very good friend. Yeah. Now the next morning, Ramon met with police officers and they drove out to an empty piece of county-owned land very far from the main road. Ramon thought of the song that he and Lulu first danced to, Brujaria. In Spanish, it means witchcraft. Mm. And one of the lines in the song is, Mi quieres mandar pa la tumba fría, or You want to send me to my cold grave. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Did she request the song? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if this is just like, huh, how interesting that that was our song the whole time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant Atkins told 48 Hours, quote, being a bunch of middle-aged men, we don't, you know, we're not exactly versed on applying makeup. So <laughs> apparently all these cops and Ramon got together and they had to watch YouTube and learn how to apply makeup from a bunch of teenage girls. <laughs> I love the uh, thought of all of them like crowded around a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I love this brush. <laughs> oh my God. The men can't find out that we can shape shift. Right. 
The assistant DA was there. He brought them pictures of real corpses with bullet wounds to the head. And they picked out a good reference photo and they showed it to Ramon. He was horrified. Obviously, I, mean, I think most civilians don't want to see real about to say. dead bodies. As I, I anyone been like, would be. I would have been like, I'm not doing the makeup myself, so y'all just keep that picture. I, I mean, I like it to look real, too, but I don't need to see a real dead body that has been shot through the head. Well, and again, no, y'all you. doing the makeup. You look at the reference photo. You're just, you're I'm the model here. Me. I don't need to see it. Now, they used corn syrup and food coloring. Smart. We have talked many times mm-hmm. on the show about our own blood recipes. Right. They also and, learned that from YouTube. Um, they also borrowed a police makeup kit that they use for disaster drills, which what what do they need for makeup wise for disaster drills? Uh, they want to look like a Morton Joe or something. <laughs> right. Right. Or it's like, uh, oh, there was a tornado and now I it aged me. And now I'm... <laughs> They just have hairspray to, like, put their hair way up. Uh, <laughs> we really want to be immersive about this. <laughs> Someone was electrocuted. And, they yeah, they do the crazy hair sticking out. <laughs> and, like, the black looking face. Yeah, soot all over their face. <laughs> and Ramon called it all very amateur, like, Halloween-level stuff for kids. But they did a very good job. Right. They had Ramon stripped to his underwear. They tied his hands behind his back. They laid him in the ditch that they dug for him. And then they kicked dirt on his face. Ramon said it was scary and emotional and that, quote, it was eerie. I was sitting there with my eyes closed thinking, what am I doing here? Why did it come down to this? It could have been a simple divorce. This never should have happened. Yeah, like horrifying. I mean, imagine this like, yeah, the picturing your own mortality. Oh, my God. Sitting there with a fake bullet hole in your head that that was meant to really happen. Seriously. Right? And... And that your wife, who you slept with and, yeah. and built a life with, right. is the one who planned it. And it just adds to that horror. Right. Plus, he had spent the last few weeks living in the same house with her, knowing that she was plotting to kill him. Ugh, his brain must have been just oh, yeah. whirling around oh, yeah, definitely. a lot in a lot of crazy ways. Now, a few photos later, they had what they needed, and it was time to bring the evidence to Lulu. They met her in the same parking lot as before, but this time there were two hidden cameras in the fake Paco's car, and they pointed right at Lulu's face as the officer told her, quote, we got him today, this morning. As she betrayed no emotion on seeing the picture of Ramon, fake Paco said, quote, the dumbass fought, which made Lulu laugh. He told her Ramon begged and said, quote, why are you doing this to me? To which Lulu replied, quote, stupid for hitting me, dumbass. A fake Paco asked, he would hit you? And Lulu maintained, yes, very disgraceful. After a moment, she said, quote, he won't get up anymore. And she started laughing. She gave them the thousand dollars and she went on her way. Lieutenant Atkins said her laugh was bone chilling. It is kind of freaky, but it's also interesting, too. She said, even right. here, to Paco, that he was hitting her. That's true. She's She was maintaining that story. Yeah. If it's real, if it's not, she was right. keeping that up. Now, the next morning, Atkins and a few officers showed up at the gym, telling Lulu they had received a missing persons complaint about her husband. She told them she hadn't seen him or talked to him that they were going through a divorce, and the last time she'd seen him was over a week ago. 
She acted concerned, knowing, of course, that eventually the police would likely find his body or realize he was missing. Right. So, you know, she had to play the worried wife, like, oh, my God, what's, what's happened? What do you mean? What do, what do you think he went? Or what? what's going on? Uh, you're too good at that. <laughs> I've been practicing for a couple of years. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Listen, you said I could lowball it. <laughs> uh, no, I said you could spend a high percentage of the money you have. <laughs> it's not lowballing if it's everything you own. <laughs> and that's what I want you to spend. Oh, every, oh, okay. That yeah. is very different. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. There you go, fellas. That's how you do it. <laughs> Set the price too high for your wife to have you assassinated. <laughs> and she'll just turn away. So she's playing the worried wife, and they asked her, quote, he hasn't contacted you in the last 24 hours? She said, no. And they said, Ms. Sosa, you're under arrest. Now, Ramon had to call his kids and tell them what happened. His daughter Mia said she had just gotten home from a shift at a comedy club where she was working, and she saw her brother sitting on her bed on his phone, and she knew from his face that something was wrong. He handed her the phone. And Ramon was on the line. His voice was shaking and low, and he said, quote, I'm safe, but Lulu tried to have someone kill me. <gasps> now, Mia just fell back against the wall, slid down, and started crying. She had always found Lulu to be, you know, cold and mean. She didn't like her. But who would expect something like this? Mm. That's intense. After her arrest, Lulu agreed to a divorce settlement that gave Ramon the gym and the house. That's so wild. Like, so she fucking ended up a worse off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she knew she'd been caught, right? And she mm -hmm. pretty much didn't try to fight this too hard. Yeah. Um, Because what could she do? I mean, uh, she's not in a strong position at the Right, time. right. So I, I don't know exactly how their divorce settlement went down, but uh -huh. ultimately Ramon got everything. He, he said his quote was, she just gave up everything. How weird to go so hard for it and then yeah. immediately give it up. So yeah. Maybe you were right. If, if she had been scared off, she just would have dropped yeah. it. Yeah. Well, then after spending 15 months in jail, in October of 2016, Lulu went before a judge and agreed to a plea deal. She pled guilty to a reduced charge of second degree solicitation of murder, which allowed her to avoid a trial with like a potential life sentence at the end. Yeah. Uh, she never made eye contact with Ramon in the courtroom. Mm. Lulu's divorce lawyer said on 48 Hours that he believes Ramon Sosa was, quote, someone who was very violent to his wife. And he felt that fear was the factor that motivated Lulu to do what she did. Right. He said the photo of the broken door proved just how strong and dangerous Ramon was yeah. and kind of points to a temper. Sure. You don't yeah. just break a bust shit open, right? You know, if you have a normal right. temper, I feel like. No, not usually. I mean, you know, I've slammed a couple of game controllers in my day and broken a phone or two that I've, you know, lightly sure. tossed at a wall, maybe. No, if I've ever broken. I remember very clearly once being a kid and being like enraged about something that probably did not matter at uh -huh. all. But I was like so mad that I really wanted to pick up something and throw it like I uh -huh. had seen in the movies. <laughs> uh -huh. Sure. And I remember I had a little ceramic thing that my grandmother had given me and I really had was thinking about picking. I was so mad. I was like so ready to crush it. But I was like, I'm going to be really upset later that I yeah. broke that. Yeah. And so I've ne I don't think I break much stuff because I'll be mad at myself later. And I really think about that. Oh, my God. I remember one where I was drawing. I had this big, big, huge sheet of paper. I was mm -hmm. drawing a bear. I was like 
five years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I just figured out how to do the feet where I wanted them. And they look like little just cartoon bare feet, right? And I drew one of them backwards. I had the foot going the wrong mm-hmm. way because it was such a big piece of paper. And I was so upset because I had been so proud of what I was doing. Yeah. And it just like really just got to me. And I was mad and I ripped the paper. Mm-hmm. And then I was very upset yeah. because I now I had ripped it, you know, and like... Oh, it just made everything so much worse. Mm. So you were right not to throw that ceramic. I think I was right. But I have seen you in frustration punch your laptop to the point where it doesn't work anymore. I have hit my laptop. (laughs) And it's you know what it is? It's always Excel. (laughs) It's almost always Google Sheets. Well, what's so funny is you're like slamming your fist into your laptop like, why won't this work? And I'm like, well, I have some ideas. (laughs) But, uh, you know, not to say that Ramon, uh, I don't know, did or, uh, you know, punched the hole in the door. Uh, Does that mean he would punch a hole in someone's face? Or does that mean he just like had a moment of, you know, ripping that bear that he drew? Or that he's like, I so much don't want to hit someone in the face that I hit this wall instead or this door or whatever it was. Now, Mundo and Ramon's daughter, Mia, close friends of the family and Ramon himself all say that this guy knew he was a professional boxer and in that he understood how dangerous his hands were and that he would never, ever use them outside of a ring, mm. right? Like he's he respects the power that he has in punching something. Like that's what he does for it. He's literally designed to break things when he punches them. Did, did he sit there and go, these hands, <laughs> these hands. look so strong. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so. There you go, millennials. Gen Xers. <laughs> that one's, that that one's, one's for, for you. Us. Um, Ramon said, quote, not even in the streets, not even in the streets. For her to say something like that was really hurtful. He's referring to, you know, no. when he's fought. He only fights in the ring. Right. Right. He's like, regulation fights only. Yeah. And the one thing that Ramon did admit to was punching the bedroom door. He said in the CBS interview, quote, that I admit to, she was accusing me of stuff. And that's one thing I did. I took my frustrations out. But I never, ever put a hand on her. Pictures of scratches on her upper arm and her leg, he says, those are fabricated. Lulu was sentenced to 20 years in prison, and she comes up for parole once per year. The last information we could find was that in 2019, she was denied for the second time. Uh, So no telling, I guess, if she's out today. Yeah. She could be out there right now (laughs) dancing in a salsa club near you. ESPN did reach out to Lulu and try to get her side of the story, but she never responded. Right. Which makes this really tough. It makes it so tough. So hard because, well, all we have is his side of the story, really. I mean, him and Mundo's. Right, right. But we don't know any, we don't really have her swearing on record to anyone that, that, that he did that to her we i mean we do in a way because she told her divorce lawyer and there's friends of hers that have come forward and said yeah that ramon was a piece of shit he beat her he raped her all this stuff all of them just heard it from her but you know i mean these this is one of those cases yeah Yeah, that's that's how it goes when uh how how many times a woman goes to the police and says or a lawyer and says here he beat me and the guy just says like ah she faked that true you know and then she does something stupid mm-hmm. and that's all you need for her case well, to fall true. apart very true um on the other hand you know she does do some things that call her credibility into question because she for example the nonprofit. 
She called and made up claims that he was embezzling from his nonprofit. And they did investigate that and said there was nothing wrong with the nonprofit. He was actually doing good things. So that's one where I'm like, okay, were you trying to undermine this guy's life and destroy him so you could take all his money? Which I, don't know. I have to say, as someone who runs a nonprofit, I'm a little <laughs> mad at these sponsors for not asking because nonprofit records are public. You can go look at that shit if you feel confused. Right, right. I don't know. Again, I don't know if she even provided evidence or if they really just took her word for it because that was his wife and they were like, okay, she would know. I don't know. But yeah, or if, really or if it just, if it was just like, whoa, there's claims out there. This is getting messy. We got to back off. Mm-hmm. of our sponsorship for a minute like, yeah which i could see too i get maybe if you're working with gang members it's already kind of dicey could i be, don't know could be i don't know yeah I don't I, and the other side of it too is that it's also possible that she made up stories about him embezzling from his own nonprofit, and also he was abusing her physically yeah absolutely i mean those things could both be true too so she could just have been like i need to say what people will care about right Ugh, it's hard to, I mean, not that, fortunately, I don't have to make a judgment on this case, no. but it's, it is hard Fair to judge for myself. Yeah. Now, Mundo gave his interview to ESPN and said, quote, I really appreciate this opportunity because nobody, nobody ever had asked me how, you know, how do you feel? Mm. He said everyone involved got, quote, broken in a certain way. Not just Ramon, but him and Lulu as well. Yeah. Well, then a local TV show made everything a million times worse for Mundo by showing his face on TV and using his Uh, real name. So, you know, we talked about how going to the police was a huge risk for Mundo. So now the gang knew what he had been up to. Right. He was in danger now. So the police got involved. They had to pull the story from the Internet. But Mundo was soon getting threats against his life and the lives of his wife and children. Mm. Mundo wrote a semi-autobiographical novel called My Son Mundo about a man, quote, forced to make a final decision after he's drawn back into conflict with the law due to a threat to his mentor and boxing trainer. Mm. Write what you know, as they say. (laughs) Some of this, of course, really happened, but a lot of it is made up, he says. But what he earned from the book managed to get him safely out of Houston. Oh, good. A Lieutenant Atkins gave Mundo his direct line and said, you know, call me anytime. But he said he never heard from Mundo again. Mundo says that he never got the full protections he was promised and says that someone said he would pay to upgrade his security, but that never happened. ESPN asked him if by someone he meant Ramon. And Mundo simply replied, quote, if somebody helps you and saves your life, you shouldn't leave them out to dry. Oh, yeah. Okay, throwing a little shade in the ESPN article. Yeah. But Ramon says that Mundo doesn't understand that Lulu left him with a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, he's like, I don't have anything to give you. Right. <laughs> he declared bankruptcy. He sold the second gym and their two-story house that hopefully had a mural of Paco on the outside <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's got a, a mural of Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Bratt mural. No, but he says Mundo is still a top priority for him. Yeah. And as of 2018, Ramon was living in a small Houston apartment, and he keeps a lot of his and Lulu's possessions in storage, saying, quote, maybe I'll have a bonfire one day, you know, just burn everything. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he spends a lot of his time alone now. He still gets nightmares. 
Living with Lulu for those weeks when he knew that she wanted him dead was extremely traumatizing. And then lying in a ditch and seeing pictures of his own dead body just shook him further. Yeah, it would. Uh, Yeah, I don't even know how I would react in that situation. (laughs) I can't even put myself there. Now, Lulu had told Paco to make sure to take Ramon's watch after he was dead. And now Ramon never takes that watch off. Yeah. It's like a superstition thing. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just a, yeah, just to remember, like, this is what she's trying to take from me. Whew. Ooh, this would have, this, it, yeah, if I took this off, it means I've died. Won, right. Yeah. yeah maybe mm. so. Yeah. I mean, I was in a short film my friend Michael Palma directed one time many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, and I died in it. And I'm like in a, front seat of a car and it was black and white so he used chocolate syrup works great for blood in a black and white movie by True, the way is Hershey syrup isn't yeah that Hitchcock used? yeah um so I've got that all over my head it's in my profile picture somewhere but it's uh it's spooky to look at too I bet yeah it's weird I've, I wonder that sometimes about like Sean Bean how many times have you seen yourself die <laughs> and is your it head weird? on a pike <laughs> right does it feel weird it must <laughs> And Lieutenant Atkins calls Mundo the real hero here for, quote, having the moral courage to come in and do what's right. But Mundo says he, quote, appreciates the lieutenant's point of view, but it doesn't matter. People will still see him as a rat. Mm. He says, quote, I saved my friend's life. That's all that matters. And his feelings about Lulu are equally complicated. CBS 48 Hours asks him if he had anything to say to Lulu if she was watching the show. And he said, quote, redeem yourself. You don't have to be what everybody tells you you are, you know. Everybody used to tell me I was something else. I proved everybody wrong so you could do the same. So that's, I mean, just like, clearly at the center of this story, poor Mundo. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, I really see him just literally spinning plates in the air, mm-hmm. trying to trying to save everybody's life here as best he can. And trying so hard to convince her, like, girl, this is not a good idea. Several times. Stop. You sure you don't want to, you sure you don't want to go through with this? And she's very stubborn. Yeah. She's, she's like, like no. this is serious shit. Right. I mean, she's tough. The 48 hour special was totally free on the CBS website and it's like 40 minutes long. You could see the whole documentary. Uh, the ESPN article is very thorough, but the 48 hours thing has a lot of footage of, you know, of recordings from their conversations between Lulu and Mundo. It's got uh, footage from when they showed her the picture of Ramon in the car and she laughed. And like there is a real coldness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little bone chilling, as Atkins called it. Um, she scares me. <laughs> she is. She definitely okay. had murder in her heart. Yeah. And wanted this guy dead. I cannot say how I feel about whether or not that is because Ramon abused her. Right. Because it really might be. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to discount that. I have to wonder because if Ramon is telling the truth that he offered her an even split divorce, she would have been way better off. She's over. She's done with the dude. Right. She's got half of whatever. Yeah. And then she's on with her fucking life. Now she's 20 years in prison. And she had to give him the house in the gym. Right. She has nothing. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, who would risk that to kill someone? But, unless he's lying and he did not offer her. Well, that's I was just going to say, he says he offered her a split divorce. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get to, I guess. Is I'm like, well, again, unfortunately, we only have his side because Holy. what if he, he was like, I'll never leave. You know, I'll never let you leave. Uh-huh. There's a lot of ways to abuse someone. Uh-huh. That's the other thing is that I'm like, if she's like faked up 
these scratch pictures, these pictures of scratches on herself. Right. Um, I can even see that as her being like, well, I, you know, he abuses me. I feel abused and emotionally I'm screamed at or he really scares me. He's like hitting the wall when he's mad and it makes me feel really threatened. Yeah. But no one will care about that because it's not physically, there's nothing physically happening to me. So I'll make it look like something physically is happening and then someone will care maybe. Or it was just, was this just ambition on her part? You know, like I, I... Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice this split divorce in favor of I'm going all in. I'm going mm-hmm. for the full thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to get him one way or another. And, you know, her first plan was embezzlement. Can I get him arrested for something illegal? Can I frame him for embezzling? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when that didn't work out, she's like, oh, I wish I could just fucking kill this guy. And Mundo, you know, overheard that and went to her and uh, largely... And mostly on Mundo's side in this whole story at the end of it. But there are some things we only got his side of the story on, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the way he frames it, she was going to hire a hitman one way or the other. And he stepped in to stop her. But I half wonder if he just like walked away that night, if it would have just been a fleeting idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she never would have seriously pursued it until he walked up to her and said, hey, I know a guy. Right. Of course, that's sort of like. Oh, this is real now. Yeah, and I, I, I so wonder. I, I wish I had gone to trial in a lot of ways too. I, I wouldn't want her to get a life sentence for this. That seems crazy, because nobody was hurt. Right. But and I, and I don't think she's she would like. She's going to be prone to hiring assassins now. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't think this would happen again. But um, in a trial, I wonder if those kinds of things would come up. Where you know, yeah. I imagine her defense would say like, "Y'all led her into this. You convinced her to do this, Mundo." That's you true. Know? It's almost entrapment. Yeah. In in a, in, a, in some ways, it kind of feels like it. Mm, yeah. It's tricky, too, because the other side is that every news piece out there about this story is about the man who escaped death from the crazy lady who wanted to kill him. Of course. You know what I mean? Because, again, they only have his side of the story. Yeah. How he's, else can they He's write done it? some tours and, and, you know, spoke about it a lot in different places. And it's a thrilling, gripping story. Mm-hmm. And he might be completely accurate about it. It might be totally truthful from Ramon's, from Ramon's side. Mm-hmm. But it it's weird because everything is very slanted towards like, but that was bullshit. He didn't hurt her. Right. She tried to kill him. Yeah. Well, and... and she- to your point, it makes more sense if she's feeling vindictive right. about him. Like, right. he's hurting me, so I'm going to get him arrested for embezzlement. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. I'm going to try all these things to hurt him. Yeah. It's not even about the money anymore. Right. It's I want him hurt. I right. just need him hurt. Well, and beyond that, Ramon maintains that their entire marriage was a setup. Mm-hmm. He, at this point, he said when he was lying in the ditch, he decided she never loved me. And he even suggests that her stepping on his foot was a setup. He was a local celebrity. Oh. He was well known. Uh, you know, he's probably throwing money around in this club. And She's like, she I'm was Donna, like, you're the wolf man. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Atlanta show. Well uh, that she was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna snag this guy and yeah. I'm gonna take him for all he's worth. That's mm-hmm. kind of what Ramon thought her long term plan was, looking yeah. back at it. So to him, it wasn't about like, oh, I did something to, to make her want to do this. She always wanted to do this eventually. What a different character she has depending on how you look at it. Yeah. That's just, again, yeah. really wish she'd talk. Right. Because at least have some kind of notion, yeah. you know, about who, who she is as yeah. a person. Because all we have is like this cold 
Right. Very cold hearted kind of woman. Right. Who on her side is like, I'm trying to escape an abusive man. Right. And I thought that if I left him, I wouldn't have any money. Uh-huh. And that's a common story, too. Yeah. So I don't know. I. Huh. Ramon. I'm mad. I'd like to judge someone right away. <laughs> uh, Ramon also says that Lulu was using her marriage to him to get uh, citizenship for her mother and two kids. That's right. And so he said that as soon as that happened, oh, how convenient that that's when our marriage started to fall apart. Okay. I mean, um, but hey, very similarly, how difficult is that? Yeah. For her to get citizenship for her mom, who doesn't live in the States, and her and her two teenage kids. I don't know. It's one of those things, too, where I'm like, I'm not saying that she deliberately married this guy just for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But you could look back at it and say she did, when in fact, it's just she was just like, had no other path before her. Mm. This is reminding me a lot of John and Lorena Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. And it uh, yeah, feels like it should have ended where they were kind of like, you both really fucked up and <laughs> let's just wash our hands of this. Yeah. <laughs> let you move on with your lives yeah. separately. Um, I don't know. It, 20 years is a long time. But I mean, if you try to kill someone, that seems accurate. On the other hand, I feel frustrated. I think of, of course, many a case has come to my mind <laughs> where somebody got <laughs> nothing <laughs> a yeah. very light slap for m- much worse right. doing much worse to someone traumatizing right. people much further and they get three months six months a year yeah so it's like 20 years it feels like kind of overkill but i guess she gets it does to me an opportunity every year maybe she does get parole opportunity every year um you know again i i can't imagine these the only news stories out there about these people don't kind of color people's opinions about her too you know and i mean again i watched the footage of her and yeah she comes off as cold and uncaring and a little crazy when she laughs about him being dead and stuff but that you know we watch too many movies and we see people no <laughs> yeah. seriously we, we see people behaving certain ways and we think that says something about their character but i have spoken to people who seem cold and uncaring and they're not mean they're not killers it's just they just have a personality like that like they've lulu has never had everything handed to her she is a beautiful person Mm -hmm. um so she's had that privilege to a degree but she's also had to work really hard and probably yeah she has had to lie uh just to get safely into a place where she felt comfortable Mm -hmm. in the past and she doesn't owe anybody being real friendly and smiley all the time no very true um so it's just so tough. And laughter can be a trauma response. You 100%. heard the laugh, so I don't know. But I know that it, it, it it's weird I to mean, just be like, well, she laughed, so that must yeah. mean. And it's like sometimes you laugh because you, that's the catharsis that happens. Right. You know, it's not something you choose. She was glad he was dead when she laughed. Fair enough. I mean, that was clear. <laughs> and But also, again, that's another thing, too. She told she thought she was in the car with two hitmen. And she told them, oh, uh, yeah, this guy beat me. And that's mm-hmm. why I had you kill him. Why would she lie to them? They don't need to know. That, why would they care? Yeah, why would they so care? True. But he's. But she heard, you know, he said, sorry, but, you know, Paco said, oh, yeah, the guy wondered why this was happening. And she laughed and said, because you stupid idiot. It's because you punched me. That's why. Mm. Why couldn't you? Why can't you see that? Like, who's she lying to at that point? Yeah. So. And then part of me wants to say, well, yeah, but if she really felt like he abused her and that she had some evidence for it, 
Why did she take the plea deal? Why didn't she mm-hmm. fight in court? But come on, that's also a stupid question to ask because, of course, why didn't she fight in court? Whose side does the court always take in these cases? Uh, virtually always, you know? A woman who, like, says, he hit me, mm-hmm. he raped me, right. or the guy who's like, no, everybody says I'm a good guy. I'm a great guy. What are you talking about? So, I don't know. She might have felt like, I- I'm going to get sentenced to life if I take this to trial. So, yeah, I'll take the 20 years. Right, or her lawyer, or, yeah. or the cops yeah. were able to convince her of that enough yeah. that, that yeah. she took it, too. There's a lot of stories of that, too. People taking plea deals they never should have taken because yeah. they could have, you know, but somebody told them and they took that advice. Oh, this is a toughie. I'm going to officially stamp this one undecided for myself. <laughs> An official undecided stamp. Why did we get that made? <laughs> that feels now like a real waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> this case is officially still wide open. <laughs> I'm sure we can go back and forth on it all day. But I think the point is, this is an insane story. <laughs> I mean, like, it really is, though. What? This, this man had to lie in a ditch, like a dead body, cosplaying a law and order dead body. Right. <laughs> no, thank you. If you ever hire someone to kill me, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to do it, damn it. I'm not lying in a ditch covered oh in makeup. Wow, we've gone from low bottom to give them everything you have. <laughs> do it. If they're going to do it, they can't fake it. I want to really die for sure. I just want to put it on the record here that Diana tells me all the time <laughs> that she's going to be the one to kill me one day. From old age. From old age. She says she's going to kill me from old age. It's no fun without torturing you your whole life with my presence. (laughs) But do you know how much I've aged since we got together? Oh, you have not yet begun to age, (laughs) my dearest. (laughs) So, um, reach out and help because I... (laughs) Blink twice. I'm in duress right now. Uh, So, please let us know (laughs) if you can help me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I checked the email too so be careful what you say yeah yeah in fact DM me on Instagram uh, if you want to hit us an email it's ridicromance at gmail.com I'm a little afraid to give my details now because you might go to the cops they've got them but it's uh, Twitter and Instagram it's at dynamiteboom and I if you if you for some reason want to message me independently <laughs> am at oh great it's Eli and the show is at ridicromance and I do read those messages so be <laughs> yes. careful writing code for Eli. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. And we would love to catch you in the next episode. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, 
A Story of California Corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.